fellow Americans. We meet tonight at a moment of unlimited potential. As we begin a new Congress, I stand here ready to work with you to achieve historic breakthroughs for all Americans. Millions of our fellow citizens are watching us now gathered in this great chamber, hoping that we will govern not as two parties, but as one nation. My fellow Americans, that was President Donald Trump on Tuesday evening uh, from Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., giving the State of the Union Address. Welcome into the Y'all Show, as we have President Trump kicking this show off today. And this is the show where we talk a little politics, a little country music, and food and fun and so much more. The Y'all Show, talk with a southern accent. I'm John Rawl, and yes, thank you for the applause. You can be seated now, all y'all members of Congress. We're going to have a fun time talking about the State of the Union, recapping that. In just a second, we'll kind of dive into what the president said. We're going to get some post-game reaction from the host on CNN. We have a whole truckload of people like Rick Santorum, Van Jones, and also you heard from... Let's see, Gloria Borger was part of that conversation, and John Kasich, former Ohio governor, was part of the panel there after the president's speech, and we're going to go listen in to what they all had to say on CNN on Tuesday night, give you a kind of recap in their opinion of the president's speech. We'll also give you some insight on Stacey Abrams of Georgia, her reaction. She had the official Democratic response to the president's Tuesday evening State of the Union. We'll give you some information on that. Then when we get to the headlines in the middle part of this hour, we've got all kind of stuff there that you want to learn about, including the passage of Elvis Presley's greatest friend. He died on Tuesday in Memphis, George Klein. We've got info on that and then as we wrap up this hour of the y'all show it's our acc spotlight jonathan lifeite's a little under the weather so i will give my best acc flag and i'll wave it proudly here on this y'all show today and we're going to talk recruiting today is national signing day and we've got a little information on some of those signees we'll have that in our acc spotlight later this hour and if you're an sec fan joining us join us thursday as murray lee from crm sports will be dropping by and he's going to give us the sec side of the national signing day activity and we'll have well thursday after all the facts has come in he'll have a definite clear idea of what happened here today as we do this show faxes could still be potentially faxed in so we'll we'll do our best on our acc report later this hour when we get to hour two we kick it all off with hashtag hullabaloo one of the items we'll be talking about in that is shrimp and grits Ooh, i love some shrimp and grits and there's a place in north carolina that does a heck of a job serving up shrimp and grits and we'll tell you about it when we get to that part of the y'all show today and then we'll wrap up hour two with precious harris she's on music row in nashville and she's got her nashville music line report coming and we'll talk about all kind of cool stuff including we'll go back in time and discover a guy who was a force from a producer standpoint tim dubois and we talk about tim his son is a force right now in country music 
We'll discuss that, plus we've got a really cool trivia question, and we'll play that song that's part of the trivia question when we get to our country music spotlight in hour two. Hope you're doing well. If you want to connect with us here on today's Y'all Show, our number is 803-816-1170. On the web, our address is y'all.com. Simple. It's y-a-l-l.com. Our email address, y'all show at y'all.com. Our Twitter account is at Y-A-L-L-S-H-O-W. We'd appreciate the follow if you don't mind taking a second to do that. All right, let's start talking about last night's State of the Union. I thought it went pretty well. Of course, most people would probably say it was a very partisan speech, but I thought most of it, the president did a great job. That's how I felt. Now, I did find it a little strange that some of the things he dodged didn't talk one time about school shootings. He didn't talk one time about the government shutdown. Now, we probably should have mentioned school shootings. We told you in the audience last night, we told you this yesterday, Rick Scott, the new senator from Florida, brought Mr. Pollock from Florida. His daughter was killed in that Parkland, Florida shooting on Valentine's Day 2018. And so, yes, we, we hopefully can find a, a solution to help curtail school shootings. But he didn't talk about the shutdown at all. And so if, if the president doesn't talk about it, that's something he wants to forget. And that's something the Democrats are seizing on, the fact that he owned it and it was not a good thing. But, man, assuming his numbers were accurate, some of the information he talked about, low unemployment, America booming economically, the military getting all kind of fancy new stuff assuming all this gets done and it doesn't cost taxpayers unbelievable billions of dollars yes if they need an upgrade with their hardware go for it we want this country to be as strong as it possibly can be but one of the cautions is one of the things republicans generally are all about is cutting money and and being penny pinchers and i don't know if when when the history books are written if this administration is going to win an award for being penny pinchers or not but i thought there may be at some point in the night democratic reaction could be this is going into the speech i thought you would see some radical reactions from some of the democrats in the house of representatives side and i didn't see that now most of them were wearing white in celebration of the 100 year anniversary of women getting voting rights women's suffrage that was a kind of neat thing of course the president's wife melania was there and she had guests loved the d-day veterans that were recognized there that was such a, a very heartwarming thing and that this year marks the 75th anniversary of june 6 1944 and d-day so that was awesome to see that and all the other people that were honored and and just so much that happened in the state of the union as much as congress is divided for the most part i thought this speech was a, a very good one and very to the point however the president did go for the jugular a couple of times he talked about the border he talked about the wall to some degree he even talked about abortion and talked about how it was horrible that a baby just before birth could be essentially murdered as New York just passed a law the other day and celebrated. He mentioned that. That's his home state. And he mentioned that. So some political people may have dodged that. The president went right for it and talked about it. But it was kind of fun to see Nancy Pelosi there in the background. And overall, like I said, I thought there may we might have a fight break out during the State of the Union 
with all the political division and you had a lot of brand new people that are members of the house of representatives probably never even seen president trump in person before and this was their first opportunity being in the same room but all in all it, it served its purpose even though it was about a week late in being delivered the state of the union 2019 now cnn had a kind of post-game reaction to the state of the union and we're going to go listen to some of this right now here's in order of their appearance in this clip senator rick santorum former senator from pennsylvania he's a conservative commentator on cnn and after santorum is van jones the pride of jackson tennessee he worked in the white house with president obama then you've got uh, jennifer grantham the former governor of michigan she's on here you've got david axelrod who worked in the obama white house gloria borger cnn contributor you also have governor john Kasich of ohio and finally nia malika henderson a political analyst on cnn so you've got a lot of voices here in this clip but i wanted to share it with you here so you can get an idea of what the reaction on cnn was just after the conclusion of the president's state of the union someone didn't do a good job of breaking that his speech so he knew what to do that that he got a, right. he, that was a problem Damn now oh. the, what now where i don't agree with with jennifer is the president the, i count it how many things the president proposed on domestic policy tonight now bill clinton i would sit through this speech and it'd be an encyclopedia of proposals stacy abrams in four minutes proposed 40 things in an hour and a half donald trump proposed Eight mm. domestic policies. Yeah. Eight the entire yeah. night. But you saw and two of those eight were child cancer and AIDS. So, I mean, this was not a big speech. This was not a we're going to change everything. This was I've got my targeted thing. Let me tell you what. A couple for the base, a couple for the other side. And this is what Let I want to do. My, my heartbreak in the in speech was simply this. Those, those, those beautiful moments uh, where he recognized Miss Alice Johnson, where he recognized you saw a hunger in that crowd. I felt it in myself. People wanted to come together. Uh, you know, people wanted to feel that, that sense of unity. And then he would go right into something else that would just pull people apart. So when I say it's a, there, there's some struggle happening in that building. I don't know if it's happening in his heart, but there's some struggle happening in that building. That's where two complete, you, if you could literally take out those positive inspirational moments and nobody could criticize that speech. But the parts of that speech that were divisive we're, we're so divisive. John and, and I so have been, you've been to 18, I've been to 16. I have sat on my hands for a lot of Democratic speeches that just, you know, they were punching me in the nose sitting there in the Congress. So don't, don't say that a, a, a State of the Union speech is not all flowers and kisses okay, can we, to try to get everybody we, to drink. I agree about one thing, which is that the, the moment with the women... Was great. Which, that was, was a great moment. An awesome great. moment. He didn't the get it irony, right away, he but he, he eventually. I'm not got sure it. he still gets it because yeah, the irony it. about oh, it is that they all are yeah, there because they ran. Initially, he didn't. He didn't get it right away, but he no. definitely. Can I just say something on the issue of body language? Because you know, Governor, you raise a important point. Whatever the words in the speech, and we can argue, and I. I think there were some unbelievably divisive places there and some unifying uh, pieces there. The question is, uh, what is credible and what is not? What does he believe and what does he not believe? And part of what I noticed was he oriented his body, the entire speech, toward the Republicans. Uh, he wasn't speaking to the Democrats. He sort of turned himself in that moment that you spoke of and uh, about uh, with the women. I right, right. uh, didn't know quite... Uh, how to deal with it. And, you know, on this 
point of unity and what it takes to compromise and so on. It was just two days ago that he said people are, are dying all over the country because of people like Nancy Pelosi. That's not unifying language. Dave, well, and she you. spent most of her time biting her lip. Yes. I, I would say. <laughs> she can I, can I just fans. say one thing about, about a divisiveness here that really struck me, and it was on the immigration issue, which we've spoken about, and I'm wondering whether it's a theme he's going to strike in 2020 if, if nothing really uh, significant happens. But he described the divide on immigration in class terms, that it was a division between the working class and America's political class and started talking about, you know, the political class lives behind walls because they're rich. But the working class are losing jobs. They're getting lower wages, et cetera, et cetera. And to me, of course, that's divisive. It's not the way uh, the immigration debate is, is being handled by Democrats. But I can see this. As a 2020 uh, talking point yeah. for Donald Trump. That's Santorum politics. This is, this is, that's exactly right. This is what I was talking about back in, 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 in 2012 when I talked about the You're Republicans. You're so prescient. The, 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 the Republicans <laughs> don't care. The, the Republicans didn't care. George Bush was all for more immigration. Why? Because he was worried about the business community having enough labor to take care of the needs of, 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 of the business community. And the Democrats didn't care because they just want all the people they can because they're going to vote for him. And the working men and women, that's what Donald Trump he, tapped into. And he's trying to tap and, into it. And, and partly there's a racial component to that, too. Right. I mean, if you think about where immigrants are in some of these inner cities and African Americans. That's an appeal. Yeah, I think that's, that's an appeal. I mean, it's a divisive appeal, but We're I think it's what he's very soon whether he really is is interested in some compromise. And if he's not, and we're going to know it very soon, then it'll be base politics. And he will double down on the base and double down on the base. You're assuming Nancy Pelosi is going to get money for a wall. Well, I mean, there's got to be, that's called compromise. I agree with you. But I'm saying to you that he's going to have to move. Let me just say, and if he doesn't so move, does then we're back to the base. Yeah, I agree with that. And then we go back to the base politics. Let, let, let and they'll think say, they can win on that, David. And, and I don't maybe, think you can maybe win. Maybe they will. But let me, let me say, say what I, what, the, way I would, the way I would rephrase what we were just talking about is there's a, what I would call a phony populism. Sherrod Brown talks about a phony populism where you appeal to the working people and you say, your situation is awful. And you know who I'm going to blame? I'm not going to blame big pharma. I'm not going to blame big corporations. I'm not going to blame dumb politicians. I'm going to blame these brown people stealing your job. Now, yes, that can work, but it divides the country because at the end of the day, it's not a true story. The reason that the working class people in this country are struggling and our wages are low is not because you have sectors in whole parts of the country where you have almost no immigration and people still can't pay their bills and they're working two or three jobs. So, yes, somebody could sell some phony populism on this thing and divide people, but I hope the Democrats figure out some way to unite people. All right, that was a cast of characters on CNN on Tuesday evening talking about the State of the Union in order. You heard Rick Santorum, Van Jones, Jennifer Grantham, David Axelrod, Gloria Borger, John Kasich, and Nia Malika Henderson all talking about the President's State of the Union after it was finished on Tuesday evening. Now, after the President did finish, we heard from the Democrats as Stacey Abrams gave the official reaction to the State of the Union address, the Democratic reaction. And, of course, Stacey Abrams from Georgia, she just lost her bid to become Georgia's governor in 2018. And if she had won, she'd become the first black female governor in the American history. But that didn't happen. And she talked about the government shutdown and her reaction. And she said that the shutdown defied every tenet of fairness and abandoned not just our people but our values. 
and so she didn't hold back in her response to the president and i i I heard someone say that the president only offered about eight new ideas eight things to go for in his hour and a half address in stacy abrams roughly 15 minute address she presented like 30 different things i think the count was all the way from health care to other items that would help people out so to her credit she had a very detailed speech but stacy abrams giving the democratic response to the 2019 state of the union although a week late hey better late than ever and we hope you enjoyed learning about that in case you weren't listening to the state of the union or watching on your favorite cable channel on tuesday evening we've given you the whole recap on the y'all show customer service even giving you the democratic response from our own stacy abrams of georgia that southerner there giving a, a great reaction from the democratic side and the president who took just about every single southern state if you like him well there was a lot to take pride in on the other side of the aisle when we come back we've got headlines from around the south we've got some political stuff to get to and some other craziness as we always find in headlines especially from florida all that is after the break here on the y'all show So maybe you've got a big love for your sweetheart, but a small budget. Hey, we've got your Valentine's Day covered. Now with Sherry's Berries, you can love big and save big. Because now for just $19.99 plus shipping, you can treat your sweetheart to delicious dipped Valentine's strawberries. Watch her light up when she gets these ripe, juicy, delicious berries. Freshly dipped in dark, white, and milk chocolatey goodness. And covered in decadent toppings like chocolate chips and hard and glitter sprinkles. Only from Sherry's Berries. Just $19.99 plus shipping. And don't stop there because for another $19.99, you can add a dozen red roses to those amazing dipped berries shipped together at no extra charge to make her Valentine's Day unforgettable. That's Sherry's Berries for only $19.99 plus shipping and a dozen red roses for just $19.99 more. The only way to get this amazing deal is to go to berries.com, click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner, and enter code 1000. That's berries.com, click on the mic, enter code 1000. Berries.com, code 1000. This is the Y'all Show Talk with a Southern Accent with John Rawl. Thank you for tuning us in here on Great Stations Around Dixie as we talk all about the South. We've got headlines from the region right now, and in Alabama we go. If you'll recall, on Thanksgiving night of 2018, a young man, E.J. Bradford Jr., was gunned down at the Galleria in Hoover, Alabama. There was a shooting there, and a law enforcement person mistook Bradford for a gunman in this mall and shot him and killed him and now he will not i repeat not face charges for killing bradford as he mistook him for the gunman and this was announced tuesday by alabama's state attorney general and immediately this announcement drew outrage from the state slain man's family who said the officer jumped to conclusions when he saw a young black man 
with a gun, and this 21-year-old was shot. He was an Army veteran, actually, prior to being killed. Attorney General Steve Marshall of Alabama announced that his investigation concluded the officer did not commit a crime and that he would not present the case to a grand jury. Marshall said he considered the matter closed. And naturally, a lot of people are upset about this decision. And obviously, the guy shouldn't have been killed. But if you know anything about this case, I think he did have a gun on him. And he had a legal right. He was carrying a gun legally, Bradford was. But I assume they've got some police video that have helped determine that the Attorney General of Alabama will not be pressing charges here in this case. And this officer will not face charges in this November shooting on Thanksgiving night. Remember, I think it happened outside of a shoe store there at the Galleria in Hoover. And this case now, protesters now are having a lot to say. In fact, they burnt flags on Tuesday evening. I saw a flag that had black lives and another flag that said don't matter. Black lives don't matter carried by these protesters just outside of Birmingham. And they went to the mall and, and they also went outside of Hoover City Hall where they had protests going on after this murder and now no charges coming forward. Demonstration leader Carlos Chavers says the symbol won't mean anything to him until black lives matter about the flag being lit. And people were watching this on Tuesday evening. But uh, more to come, I'm sure, from this case. But right now, at least from the Attorney General of Alabama, the officer who killed Bradford will not be prosecuted. Now... In Richmond, Virginia, things continue to get hot for Ralph Northam, the governor of Virginia. And in just a second, I'm going to tell you about the lieutenant governor possibly being in some hot water. And right now, people, all eyes have been on Richmond after the governor's 1984 medical school yearbook was leaked that showed a picture of a man in blackface next to a man in a Ku Klux Klan outfit. And Northam of course, backtracked on on that and said over the weekend that that was not him in that photo. He didn't know where it came from. But, oh, by the way, in that same year in San Antonio, he did dress up like Michael Jackson. Did you see that press conference? He kind of he forgot who Michael Jackson was. He had to look over to his beautiful wife, the first lady of Virginia. He said, uh, who was that? And Yeah, Michael Jackson. <laughs> kind of a strange moment. And he won the contest in 1984 because he did the moonwalk. But I I tell you what, speaking of the governor and Texas, call me crazy, but watching him up there doing a a press conference, I know there's about a 35-year age difference, but he kind of resembled to me his facial look. (laughs) You know he he looks like to me? He looks like a slightly older Lee Harvey Oswald. You do the math. You you tell me what you think when you see the governor of Virginia talking there. He didn't say, I'm not, I'm a patsy. He didn't say that. I didn't hear him say that. But, uh, Ralph Northam continuing to be really the target of Democrats and Republicans alike in Virginia for what happened with his yearbook photo and his excuse and more. And I kind of pulling for the guy now. He says it wasn't him. And he says, if I resign then i'll be labeled a racist for the rest of my life well if he's not a racist maybe one way to prove that he's not is to hang on to his office by not caving in and probably as he's done for just about every day of his life except perhaps 
if that was him in that yearbook photo, which was a lapse in judgment, obviously, maybe he can show that he he can display that he's not racist and doesn't have racist beliefs. We don't know. But as of now, Northam holding on to the office of governor in the Commonwealth. Now, his lieutenant governor is in some hot water, and that's the lieutenant governor, Justin Fairfax of Virginia. And he is denying a false claim that's come out against him. And it's all going on at the same time that Ralph Northam is having problems about his holding on to the office. And now Fairfax says he's being smeared by a completely uncooperated accusation of sexual assault right before potentially taking over the role of governor. An allegation was published Sunday night by a website that uncovered the Ralph Northam yearbook photo days earlier, and Fairfax tweeted out a denial later on Sunday. The allegation in question centers on an encounter between Fairfax, who was 25 years old at the time, with the accuser during the 2004 Democratic National Convention. Fairfax was then a campaign staffer for presidential nominee John Kerry. And he says that he was 25 years old, unmarried, a campaign staffer. We hit it off. She was very interested in me. He told reporters, 100% consensual. That's his excuse. So something did happen. Whether it was a sexual assault or not is what he's claiming to be an unsubstantiated allegation there in Richmond, Virginia. But now just, you know, very likely going to be the governor. He'll ascend to that role if Northam resigns. Justin Fairfax having to thwart off these attacks over the weekend. Moving on to... Texas now, Beto O'Rourke, the congressman who ran for Senate but just narrowly lost to Ted Cruz and his bid to upset the incumbent, well, he has made it to the big time. On Tuesday, he was interviewed by Kosciuszko, Mississippi native Oprah Winfrey. (laughs) She had Oprah's Super Soul conversation from Times Square and Beto O'Rourke, Robert O'Rourke, to be specific, was her guest. And he went on there after he really had done interviews or kind of he's been out of touch for several weeks since he did not win that Senate seat in Texas. But he did sit down with the O, and that's if you want to see what he has to say, well, guess what? You're going to have to wait because this interview will not air until February 16th. Just after Valentine's Day, you can see O'Rourke talking on the big couch in Oprah's Super Soul Conversations from Times Square. And that'll be coming up, as we said, February 16th. Of course, he is rumored to be running for president. Maybe he makes the big announcement on her special show. And this will air on her network, OWN. And as of now, if you want to follow what's going on with O'Rourke, he doesn't have another headline-grabbing event on his schedule. Now that this taping is in the bag, it's not looking like he may run, but we'll find out. Maybe he, as I said, maybe he's jumping on the O train. Remember, it was her support of a young Barack Obama that I think really helped propel him to the nomination in 2008 when he was running against an established person named Hillary Clinton. But boy, she got behind Barack Obama, and we know what happened there. 21 states are going to join Alabama in supporting a ban on an abortion procedure. These 21 states support Alabama's petition 
for the U.S. Supreme Court to review the decision by lower courts to block Alabama's law restricting dismemberment abortions. The Attorney General from Alabama, Steve Marshall, announced that he that the states endorsed a brief submitted to the Supreme Court by Louisiana's Attorney General. The case concerns a method of abortion used in only about 7% of all abortions in Alabama, but used in almost all abortions after 15 weeks of gestation. The procedure is known by the medical term dilation and evacuation. Alabama's legislature passed a law back in 2016 requiring that doctors kill the fetus before conducting the dismemberment procedure to extract it in parts. So abortion talk, which, as we told you, President Trump talked about abortion right on the floor of the House during Tuesday night's State of the Union address. A Louisville, Kentucky man may just be our knucklehead of the day. 29-year-old Mark Nicholas Espinosa was indicted in Louisville, Kentucky, and he was a former armored truck driver, and he was indicted on charges accusing him of taking more than $900,000 from an armored truck that he drove. And he's accused of fleeing from Louisville to Connecticut after this December 5th theft. And he was found in Connecticut with $850,000 in cash back on January 30th. (laughs) I guess he thought he could take an armored truck or the money from it and go to another state and get away with it. But like we said, knucklehead maybe of the day. Something tells me we may have something that tops that if you keep listening. Sad news coming from the Commonwealth of Virginia. A state trooper there and a man who was the subject of a drug investigation were both killed in a shootout after the police went there to serve a search warrant. Virginia State Police said that Trooper Lucas Dowell, a tactical team member, was fatally shot. And this happened in Farmville, Virginia. And a resident began shooting at the policeman and two other members returned fire, killing the man outside of Farmville, Virginia. And the resident, who was 44-year-old Corey Johnson, was the one killed there. But uh, the trooper there in the Virginia State Police, Lucas Dowell, dead after serving in the Virginia State Police. Our prayers go out to his family. George Klein, Elvis is probably his best friend and a renowned disc jockey in Memphis for decades He's died at the age of 83 after battling dementia and other illnesses. And a post went out on Tuesday night saying that he had died and he died Tuesday after a long struggle with dementia. George Klein, of course, he had his own satellite radio show where he constantly talked about Elvis and promoted Elvis and has done a great job. In fact, in hour two of today's y'all show, we're going to welcome in Precious Harris from Nashville and we're going to ask her about what she knows about George Klein. She's a big Elvis fan and see what she has to say about George Klein dead at the age of 83 in Memphis. Also in Tennessee, a man has died in East Tennessee after a meth overdose and he died. And then after that, (laughs) hard to believe this. He was eaten by a bear in the great smoky mountains national park. And his body was discovered partially eaten by this bear there. The remains of William Lee Hill of Louisville, Tennessee, 30-year-old man discovered in the National Park in September when the officials there encountered a bear feeding on the body in an area off a trail. And they didn't know the exact cause of death, so they did an autopsy and they euthanized the bear for public safety reasons. 
but it now appears after the autopsy that Hill died of an accidental methamphetamine intoxication. And he had gone to the park with a friend to illegally remove ginseng from the park, but died. And then a bear came along and unfortunately was eating part of his body. A very awful story from Great Smoky Mountains National Park. All right, here's a story that's bizarre. A man in North Carolina allegedly broke into a UNC Greenboro, UNC Greensboro student's apartment and was mistaken for a ghost. Andrew Swafford, 30 year old, was charged after the UNCG student came home Saturday and allegedly found the man in her closet. And she said that the student says that I was just, I heard rattling in my closet. And it sounded like a rat- raccoon. And I'm like, who's there? And somebody answers me. He's like, oh, my name is Drew. I open the door and he's in there wearing all my clothes, my socks, my shoes. And he has a book bag full of my clothes. And that happened to this UNC Greensboro student finding a man in your closet wearing your clothes. Swafford, according to online records from the Guilford County Sheriff's Department, was charged with felony breaking and entering, among other counts, and held on a $26,600 bond. Not what you want to have happen to your kid when they go off to college and they discover uh, an idiot in their college dorm room apartment in the closet there wearing their clothes. And (laughs) just, uh, all right, another story. And this one is not good. This is from Florida. A child sex case fugitive from Ohio has now been captured in the Sunshine State. And when he was captured, he was wearing a T-shirt that said, Father of the Year. Clarence Sheese, 50 years old, was found living in Fleming Island after a tip, according to the Clay County Sheriff's Office in Florida. And he was arrested on a fugitive from justice charge. And he was wanted back in Ohio for child sex crimes. And the U.S. Marshals assisted in the apprehension. But, yeah, there's a photo of him going to jail with his Father of the Year T-shirt on. And he's wanted for a child sex case in Ohio. Police say a Tennessee man threw a container for disposing of cigarette butts at a fire truck. And it disabled the fire truck while it was responding to an emergency call. This happened in Knoxville. And now 42-year-old Jeremy Wynn has been arrested on charges of vandalism, reckless endangerment, and possession of drug paraphernalia. Police in Knoxville said that early on Sunday, Wynn took the cigarette butt receptacle and tossed it in the front of the Knoxville Fire Department fire truck while it had its lights and siren on. The container got lodged between the front axle and the tie rod of the fire truck, disabling it. And then Wynn fled on foot, but the firefighters chased and caught him at a hotel Police say another fire truck locally responded to the emergency call. But this 42-year-old Mr. Wynn in Knoxville taking a cigarette butt receptacle and throwing it in a fire truck. Like I told you, I thought we might have something that would top more bozos, and we just may have it. Hey, how about this? Anchors away and farewells, fair winds, what is it? Fair winds and following seas. I think that's the term. Sorry, I never served in the U.S. Navy, but I have a great respect for our Navy personnel. Go Navy. Well, guess what? I love Charleston, South Carolina, which used to have an incredible Navy base there. It's kind of been diminished over the decades thanks to shutdowns and stuff and drawbacks. However, Charleston, South Carolina is going to get a brand new vessel named the USS Charleston. It will be commissioned in a ceremony 
in early March and Joe Riley, longtime mayor, his wife is going to be the ship sponsor and break a bottle of sparkling wine across her bow when it was going to be christened in Mobile, Alabama, the USS Charleston. It will be the sixth ship named Charleston in naval history. The most recent USS Charleston was a cargo ship during the Vietnam War, and this new Charleston is a combat ship similar to a frigate. It's about 400 feet long and has a top speed of more than 46 miles per hour. The sales tag, price tag on this ship, the USS Charleston, 440 million dollars i don't have I, I guess it was built in mobile i think that's where it was assembled so mobile pascacoola that part of the gulf coast they have a lot of shipbuilding and i think that's where the uss charleston was born so congratulations to all the crew down on the gulf coast of alabama helping make our fighting fleet awesome news there sad news in atlanta a man going to the super bowl from shelby north carolina was killed and here's the story he's a 39 year old ed cushman of shelby north carolina he has als or had als and that awful lou gehrig's disease and a charity gave him tickets to the super bowl and as he was driving to the super bowl this weekend his minivan got in a wreck and he was killed when his minivan caught fire on the way to atlanta and this happened on Interstate 85 in Georgia. And Ed Cushman died in that wreck. He had ALS, was going to a Super Bowl, I'm sure for the first time. And this man, 39-year-old, his wish was to go to Super Bowl. And en route there, he dies in a horrible car accident outside of Atlanta on Interstate 85. Oof. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Hey, good news if you are all about the Confederate flag, because Mississippi, at least for now, the state flag will continue to have the battle flag as a part of its design. And that's because all bills that were in front of the legislature in Jackson, Mississippi, that dealt with changing the flags, they've all died in committee. And that means that Mississippi's flag, which has been in existence in its present form since 1894. And if you'll remember, in 2001, there was a big election and 65% of the populace of Mississippi voted to keep the Confederate flag as part of Mississippi's state flag. Well, all the bills to propel a change have all died in committee, and this flag will continue to fly proudly in Mississippi and across the country. Way to go, Mississippi. Also from Mississippi, this is terrible news, Jessica Joyner. She was a 27-year-old singer and lived in Marshall County, Mississippi, right on the Tennessee line. She was a member of the America's Got Talent cast of 2013. She was killed in a car wreck Tuesday morning. She was a young mother, and she was driving her son to school when this wreck happened. Luckily, her son survived the accident, but she was killed, Jessica Joyner a member of the 2013 America's Got Talent cast. And a lot of people giving their condolences on social media and such for this Mississippi mom taking her son to school and still wanting to sing. She had big dreams of getting back to Nashville and and making hit records. But unfortunately, her life taken away after this horrible accident in Marshall County, Mississippi. Hey, Leonard Skinner fans, sweet home Alabama. Well, guess what? Skinner's going to go to Alabama this year as part of their Last of the Street Survivors Farewell Tour. 
They will be playing at the Tuscaloosa Amphitheater on May 10th. That's a Friday. That sounds like a lot of fun. And also, you can catch Skinner at the Wharf Amphitheater in Orange Beach on Saturday, September 28th. Tickets go on sale this Friday. I think you can go to the Leonard Skinner website and find out more. But I know they've got other dates in the South, but I at least want to tell all our Alabama listeners and friends, Skinner in Alabama, does it get any better? Probably not. Go check them out. A man in Pensacola, Florida, has been arrested after deputies say he tried to run his son over with his own truck after the fifth time he told him to take a bath. A witness said he heard the truck accelerating outside and yelling, so he went outside to find the son running from house to house out of fear his father would run him over. And 45-year-old Joseph Riley ended up being arrested and charged with resisting officers and aggravated assault. And he's now in jail with no bond, but trying to potentially run over your own son because he didn't want to take a bath that's what every kid wants to do at some point they want to be "Ah, i don't want to take a bath i don't want to take a shower just want to go around and i guess smell bad but uh, luckily no one got hurt there and that is what is going on in the southeast here on this wednesday when we come back on the all show we've got our acc spotlight football and basketball talk coming your way this is the all show Wes worked hard to make his dream of playing in the NHL come true. Every day, he'd be out playing street hockey constantly. Townspeople would drive by and shout, Get out of the street! But Wes never gave up. Well, until one day when someone yelled, Get in the car! You're going to make us all late to work! Because Wes was a 43-year-old accountant and he commuted with that guy downtown. So Wes never played in the NHL. But he did hear how Geico, proud partner of the NHL, could save him money on car insurance. So he switched and saved and made his other dream come true. You know, there's an old joke that says, you know, God must love the North Carolina Tar Heels because he made the sky Carolina blue. Welcome back to the Y'all Show and that the sound of the UNC fight song, the band playing that there on the Y'all Show. How about those heels? They got a win over their in-state rival, NC State, last night, 113-96, the eight-ranked heels improving here as we march toward march madness this is the acc spotlight on today's y'all show and we're going to talk about some of the other scores from last night just up the road a few miles from north carolina's campus is duke and at cameron indoor on tuesday night the blue devils ranked number two in the country thanks to zion williamson they were able to dispatch boston college 80 to 55 in acc play Florida State, they went on the road to Syracuse and the 22 ranked Florida State Seminoles won 80 to 62 at the Carrier Dome. And in a big game, an exciting game, went to overtime. Wake Forest escapes over Pitt 78 to 76. So lots of good basketball in the ACC last night and, and more to come. In fact, if we look forward to what's going on in the ACC this coming Saturday, 
we've got a whole lineup of great games that you want to check out in the ACC, starting with Miami and that same UNC team that we were just giving praises to. That game from the Dean Dome on Saturday at 12 Eastern, 11 Central. Virginia Tech travels to Clemson. Virginia Tech is number 11 in the latest rankings. BC is at Syracuse. NC State hits the road to Pittsburgh. Saturday has Louisville and Florida State getting together. And how about this matchup from Charlottesville as Duke at number two goes to number three, Virginia, for a matchup on Sunday, on Saturday. On Sunday, Georgia Tech and Notre Dame get together in South Bend. That's going to be a six Eastern, five Central tip on ESPNU. And a look at your ACC basketball coming up this weekend. Now, today in college football is National Signing Day. Always a fun outing and all the players lining up where they want to go now today we have a lot of faxes come in at the crack of dawn there's still potential for more to come so i'm not going to get too in the weeds here on today's y'all show in our acc spotlight and we'll have our sec spotlight tomorrow murray lee will be on from crm sports murray's going to give us definitely all the sec signings and how things stacked up from the sec standpoint i can tell you the Clemson's going to have, no surprise, another wonderful signing class. Dabo Sweeney's got 28 commits, and his class, the number one class, no surprise, in the ACC. But some sites have Clemson's 2019 class ranked number nine in the entire country. That's a little hard to believe for the national champion Clemson Tiger team. The top recruit that they've been able to bring aboard is four-star receiver Frank Ladson. And, they're, they're, of course, they've got a lot of great receivers that are either graduating or moving on to the NFL early. And Clemson's going to need young talent to come in and replace them. Ladson is a 6'3", 195-pound player who has great quickness and a post-catch talent. And he's much different than jump ball receivers on the roster despite his size. And he could earn a lot of valuable playing time for Clemson as this receiver, Frank Ladson, looks like he's suiting up in the orange and northwestern purple when he signs on. He is from Miami, Florida, went to South Dade High School. Again, 6'3", 190 pounds, and he'll be suiting up for Dabo Sweeney and the Clemson Tigers in just a few months. But uh, that that's Clemson on National Signing Day, what to be out on the lookout for there. And also from the ACC, we wanted to let you know Another team, I, I'm kind of keeping my eye on this team because I think, I really think that they could do a lot. And that's Syracuse. I know they're up north, but Syracuse coming in strong in the national rankings. They're in the top 20 and they've got a lot of top recruits from the north, including Cornelius Nunn. Uh, he's out of Florida. He's going to bring a lot of speed and he's going to really help out the defense there for the orange in 2019 Uh, that's syracuse and i know other teams in the acc let's say north carolina with a new coach they've they've got a lot to improve upon in 2019 in college football and look florida state they just had francois essentially get kicked out of the program this week so if you want to be a great quarterback there's an opening in a big way for a powerhouse like florida state although they didn't even go to a bowl in 2018 there's no excuse for florida state to be that bad in in a talent-rich state like the sunshine state i look for florida state to maybe bring a surprise or two today 
in there. And one thing I want to mention, this transfer portal, we've been talking about this. I think it's going to have a big effect today in the ACC with some guys who are moving on prior to finishing their degree at the school that they first went to. And I think we're going to see more and more. I mean, we know, for example, a really strong lineman, Parker Braun from Georgia Tech, he has entered the transfer protocol. He's a guy that was like all ACC, and he's moving on. And I don't know where he's going to end up going. I don't. Maybe I missed it. But we'll have all this. National Signing Day 2019. Hopefully your favorite school is going to do well. And, and we'll be here to talk about the SEC perspective of Signing Day on Thursday, and then we'll get to ACC. We'll get Jonathan Lifehite back on 247sports.com and CBS Sports Digital to be on with us next Wednesday, and we'll get his take on how National Signing Day Part 2 went here in February of 2019. Well, that will wrap up Hour 1 of today's Y'all Show. When we come back in just a few minutes, Hour 2, we've got hashtag Huddleblue. Got a lot of fun stuff there, and Precious Harris is lined up for Hour 2. She's going to tell us all about country music news and notes, from the hit makers of today to the old timers, and we got a special announcement. Precious and I will be together next week in Nashville for a couple of days, and we're going to be broadcasting. It's going to be so much fun. We've got all the details coming in an hour or two. You don't want to miss it. This is the Y'all Show. There's never been a better time to switch to Sprint Unlimited and enjoy a great wireless plan at an amazing price. For a limited time, make the switch to Sprint and get your third, fourth, and fifth lines free. That means five lines of Unlimited for just $20 per month per line. That's a savings of more than $1,000 your first year over Verizon and AT&T. Hurry to a Sprint store, visit Sprint.com Unlimited, or call 800-SPRINT-1. Make the switch to Sprint today and get your third, fourth, and fifth lines free. That's five lines of Unlimited for just $20 per month per line from Sprint, a network built for Unlimited. This is a limited-time offer, so act now. After 131-2020, pay $32 per month per line for five lines of Unlimited Basic with AutoPay. Savings compared to Verizon Go Unlimited and AT&T Unlimited and more for five lines. Features differ. Coverage and offer not available everywhere. Excludes taxes, fees, and roaming. Subject to credit and $30 activation fee. Speed maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply. It's hour two. Talk with a southern accent. This is the Y'all Show with your host, John Rawl. Good to have you back here. We got country music coming in just a few minutes. Get ready. Precious Harris is making her triumphant return to the Y'all Show where she discusses all that's happening on Music Row, Nashville, Tennessee, Music City, USA. And the Nashville Music Line is coming up soon. We've got a special announcement in today's Nashville Music Line Report with Precious. So hang on for all kinds of goodness, and we'll play some good music too, as we always do. We have our Nashville Music Line Report on Wednesdays. And again, if you want to reach out to us here on the Y'all Show, our number 803-816-1170, 803-816-1170. That is a text number. That is a telephone number. And I'm going to slow it down in case you didn't get that in my speed reading. It is 803-816-1170. 1170 so easy for you to connect to us and we want to hear from you 
And if you want to have us, if you, if you say, Hey, Hey, Mr. Rawl, I'm tired of hearing about this stuff. Why don't you talk about this stuff? Hey, I want to hear that. <laughs> this is a show for y'all and hopefully by y'all. And I'm just lucky enough to sit here behind the microphone. I, I want, I want to make you feel proud. You're from the South. And that's what we try to do each and every day here on this all Southern show. Now we are back in the saddle in our world broadcast center today. We were on the road Tuesday and we're back in our broadcast world headquarters today. I got to give a special shout out. Thanks again to all the folks in water Valley, Mississippi that welcomed us in on the Tuesday. Y'all show Jerry short, always great to see him. And he helped me go back. If you want to listen to a fun show, that was the Tuesday y'all it's in our archives on y'all.com. You can find it free of charge in Apple podcast in the iTunes store, check it out. It was also our 150th episode Tuesday. So this is episode 151. See, I can count. So yeah, we're, we're having a good time. Now, as I traveled the highways and byways of the Magnolia State in my trip to Water Valley, that lovely spot, I stopped by a place for the second time Tuesday and I had a meal and I'm going to take time out of this Hashtag hullabaloo. We got to play that music. Hey, why are we playing? Play hashtag. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We'll get to some hashtag hullabaloo, but this is my own hashtag recommendation. Hashtag darn good. This is my second time to go to this restaurant in Holly Springs, Mississippi. And I was blown away even more than I was the first time I went there. The restaurant is called Southern Eatery, and it is a Southern catering restaurant on this square in historic holly springs mississippi now the first time i went there it was about five months ago and it was so good that i had a reaction then and my reaction was this tastes like funeral food (laughs) it was there were so many items on the buffet at southern eatery that you find when people cater your home when you, there's a loved one that's died and they bring all kind of stuff to your house. It felt like that, but except you were at a really nice restaurant. And, and that's what I enjoyed. And, and that was my f- gut reaction the first time I went there. On Tuesday, I went back. And with funeral food in mind, I had a second meal. And let me tell you, it was funeral food and then some. Just to give you an idea of the place, you can eat it all you can eat buffet for 10 bucks i think it's just shy of 10 bucks they also charge two dollars or so for tea so my total bill was around 12 bucks for an all you can eat buffet that included some of the best fried chicken i've had in a long time they had grilled chicken there they had something i'd never had i had to actually ask what it was it was fried pork chop and the way they cooked it it would look just like chicken tenders. It was, I've seen pork chops fried, but not like this. This was like a chicken breaded pork chop. It was awesome. They had turnip greens. They had mashed potatoes that had actual pieces of potato in them. They had at Southern Eatery green beans, my favorite, with some little pieces of ham in them. Awesome stuff. It could have been ham hocks, but I'm not totally sure. Whatever it was, it was awesome. Let's see. They have a salad, but I didn't. I didn't eat a salad. Who needs a salad? They had 
on the on the eatery options they had let's see soup they had soup available i didn't eat that why waste time money and effort on that they had a casserole on this buffet and so much other stuff it was just incredible and if that wasn't enough they had two different they actually had at least three dessert options but i'm going to go ahead and throw in they had sweet potatoes cut up mashed candied sweet potatoes it was homemade awesome and by the way all this stuff tasted homemade i can't say enough and no they're not a sponsor and no i'm not kin to these people it was just a great place southern eatery holly springs mississippi and okay so you get you get done and you want to have a dessert well the only negative i can come up with is they didn't have ice cream but that's okay here's what they did they had like a hot fudge sundae type concoction that was awesome it didn't have ice cream though it was some other kind of really cool dessert then they had an awesome peach cobbler and it all didn't taste like it came out of a can it was i I promise you it was it was so good in fact i talked to the owner tom on my way out and i said just answer this question tom i want to know does southern eatery serve barbecue does southern eatery do steaks he didn't really know what I was asking when I asked that question, but here was the reason I asked that question. I was hoping he told me no and no, and he kind of did. They don't really have barbecue on the menu on that buffet. I think they do They do change out some of the meats and stuff. They have catfish there on Fridays, I think. So they don't really have barbecue, and they don't really offer steaks. And so the reason I wanted him to tell me no, that they did not have those items, Cause I was giving him the official y'all show stamp of approval that Southern Eatery just might be the greatest restaurant in the South that doesn't have barbecue and doesn't serve steaks because I love steaks and I love barbecue. And sometimes you find both at the same place, but at this place, which doesn't have those two items, it doesn't get much better. And by the way, it was a really nice place. It's really clean and kind of old school they give you nice actual dishware and real silverware and a great weight staff i can't say enough southern eatery is the name of the place holly springs mississippi holly springs is about 40 minutes from memphis almost to tupelo it's about 30 minutes to tupelo down interstate 22 if you're going through mississippi and north mississippi and you want to have an incredible meal Tell them the y'all show sent you. I can't say enough good things about this, and I just hope they hang on. So many restaurants, if you're not able to get to Holly Springs, wherever you might be located, so many restaurants, it's a it's a tough business. I feel for you. And this guy told me they did serve steaks because they used to be open at nighttime. Tom told me this. They used to be open at night. They had steaks, delicious steaks, and they had barbecue, I think, at times. He told me, though, the problem is, just like any restaurant, he would have all this stuff ready and then one weekend he would have all this stuff ready and he'd have five people come in all night and then he would back off that and didn't get overboard with his cooking and the place would end up being slammed at nighttime it was truly hit or miss so he decided to get away from serving supper he opens his restaurant up for events to come in there and cater he he caters those things what he specializes in is this awesome buffet at lunchtime in holly springs 
Mississippi. I think it lasts till three o'clock. So if you're ever in the area, check it out. Southern Eatery can't give them any more positive reaction than I'm giving. And it makes my trips to Mississippi, even though I like to go to Water Valley like we did on Tuesday. Holly Springs, at least from a food standpoint, they're doing good. By the way, there's another restaurant. I mentioned this the other day on the y'all show when we gave you the listing of best steakhouses in each southern state and just down the road in holly springs from this place is a place called the marshall steakhouse and they were voted the top steakhouse in mississippi so golly way to go marshall county in north mississippi you got two awesome restaurants they also have your traditional taco bells and kfc they got a kfc there some places don't have those you know and uh, other items but uh, they have gas station food that's pretty good but boy these two places are great all right that's enough of my spiel here on the y'all show donations welcome by the way from southern eatery food or money we'll take it all right here's our first tweet on hashtag hollywood coming from keep america safe it's at maga forever m-a-g-a-f-o-r-e-v-e-r-r-r forever and they're talking about the state of the union tuesday night in this tweet it says when your teacher tries to follow along during your presentation and they have an image of, did you see that Nancy Pelosi's sitting right behind President Trump Tuesday night? She had those gigantic cards, I guess, of his speech. And it looked just like a teacher who was following along during when you had to stand up in front of the class and give a presentation. It kind of reminded you of that. So thank you, MAGA Forever, with that reminder of our childhood there. It was kind of funny. Again, I thought at some point Nancy Pelosi might take that speech away from donald trump and bat him over the head with her own cue cards or so, whatever but pretty good stuff now keeping the state of the union in mind in our next hashtag hello blue entry it comes from the twitter account nc for bernie and this is north carolina for bernie hashtag run bernie run and this is a organization that's all about supporting bernie sanders for president in 2020 now bernie has not quite said he was going to do it all signs indicate that he indeed will run for president again but we just don't know but their tweet coming out from nc for bernie says now in private prisons hashtag state of the union of course president trump took time during the speech to talk about the lady from i think she was from memphis originally but she was in prison in aliceville alabama and she got out after like 20 years behind bars and prison reform essentially these prisoners who go to prison for decades that didn't do violent crimes and the reform going on there and bernie sanders fans in north carolina are pushing for the president to end private prisons now we see a lot of that in the southeast a lot of companies have a presence in many of our southern states and i'm sure it's a cost savings measure these states contract these private prisons I actually knew a guy who used to have a company that literally was like Con Air. If you ever saw that movie with Nicolas Cage, he owned a big plane and it would haul prisoners around. That was a private entity. Could you imagine states having their own planes to haul prisoners in? Well, I guess some states have prisoners in office, so uh, or felons in office. We won't mention any names. But yeah, that I don't I don't know if that's a social justice cause of twenty. 19 or not or for next year the bernie sanders fans wanting the president to end private prisons that's really a state issue i i don't know if private prisons are in place for people in federal prisons 
but yeah, in states, oftentimes they do have these private private companies that are involved in in the criminal justice system. Providence is on Twitter at Providence WS, and this is a nonprofit social enterprise including Providence Culinary School, Providence Restaurant and Catering, and Providence Kitchen, part of the Second Harvest Food Bank. What is Providence? And well, it it is a restaurant called Providence Restaurant in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And it's where you'll find Chef Michael Simarusti. He is the chef there at Providence. And Simarusti's got a tweet out this week, and it says, Shrimp and Grits at Providence Restaurant. And I saw the image of this. Delish. I don't know if it's quite as good as Southern Eatery in Holly Springs, but it sure looks good. That's one thing they don't have in Holly Springs Shrimp and Grits, one of my favorites. Now, let me tell you about some of the other offerings. If you're going to be in Winston-Salem anytime soon, perhaps you want to take in a Wake Forest Demon Deacon basketball game and you want to go to Winston-Salem. Well, here is what you'll find at Simarusti's Restaurant in Winston-Salem, Providence. They have salt and pepper North Carolina catfish. This is served over Carolina gold dirty rice and a rock shrimp etouffee pickled okra as part of that. And they serve that for less than 20 bucks pretty good price there and this shrimp and grits that i referred to is served on guilford mills stone ground grits with white cheddar sauteed shrimp andale sausage and a smoky tomato broth i love tomato broths i'm not sure that i've had a smoky tomato broth but it looks good there 24 bucks the asking price for their shrimp and grits they also have chicken and biscuits fried chicken house-made buttermilk biscuit a pan of gravy and spicy honey. That sounds yummy at Providence in Winston-Salem. They also have pork ribs, and this is served with Guilford Mill cheddar grits and heirloom carrots along with a red wine braising jus. They have, uh, here's delicious sounding food here, a roasted acorn squash ferrato. I don't know exactly what that is, but they have it there. And the last item that I wanted to tell you about that they have is the Joyce Farms Roast Half Chicken, a crushed truffle herb potatoes, white wine shallot, pan sauce, root veggies, and preserved lemon, all for less than 20 bucks if you choose that off the menu. From Providence in Winston-Salem, NC. Delish. Don't you love me telling you all these great places to go in the South for food? (laughs) Yes, you do. All right. Here, speaking of food, is a tweet coming in from Serretta Properties at Serretta, S-E-R-R-E-T-A-P-R-O-P-R-O-P-E-R-T-I at Serretta Property. And this is a property rental company servicing all districts, all school districts that are located in Hot Springs, Arkansas. And they put a tweet out saying, said, looking for southern comfort food? Don't miss the air fryer fried green tomato recipe. And hashtag Tasty Tuesday. And I had to look this up. This is new, thanks to Serretta Properties putting this out on Twitter. What the heck is an air fryer? Do you use an air fryer? Well, thanks to Forbes.com, I, I can tell you, if you're not used to this, and it sounds like a pretty good contraption, here, here you go. People in the South love fried food. We know that, but there's health issues involved with fried food. And it's got grease and leads to all kinds of health problems if you consume it without moderation. And now there's something called an air fryer, which 
It's a way to fry food without drenching them in oil. And you can decide whether to buy an air fryer. It's important to ask yourself why you want one. And foodies will tell you that air fryers can't really replicate the taste or texture of typically fried food, but they can deliver a nice, crisp exterior and moist interior without the need for all of that oil. Hmm, No way it's out of there. And how does an air fryer work? Well, it circulates hot air all around the food inside of them, so they're able to cook food at a fraction of the time that a typical oven could. And I, I don't know about you, but that's one of the negatives of frying food is is that oil and that grease. I'm scared of it because I'm afraid I'm going to catch, catch something on fire. And then when you're done with it, well, you got to dispose of it. It's not easy to do that for a lot of us. So an air fryer, I'm going to look into this. I, I'm, I'm not someone who's had air fried food before, but at least coming from Soretta Properties, from a very reputable place, Hot Springs, Arkansas. Hey, if they're promoting air fryers, then it may be a great thing. And they used it for a fried green tomato recipe. And I bet you, I bet you that was scrumptious in Hot Springs when they did that air fried, fried green tomato. And finally, here on hashtag Hullabaloo, let's go find a GIF for you. I love this GIF. It's got a picture of a bunch of pickup trucks or SUVs even all lined up. And the photo has about six of them. And all you see is the very back end of these. It looks like they're backed into a parking lot. And every single one of these trucks slash SUVs, in fact, one of them is a Chevy Tahoe, same color as mine. And it looks like my car, except I don't have this. Every single one of these has a trailer hitch on the back of it. And those things are kind of obnoxious. One reason I don't have mine is because it sticks out. And I have, and maybe you have too, forgot I had it back there. And I've walked around in my darn Tahoe before, not paying attention. And boom, you're like, oh, I feel like the Simpsons. And uh, you get a huge bruise right around your kneecap from these balls that are right there. Your hitch at the back of your truck and maybe your SUV if you're lucky. And those things, they're not something you just walk away from and 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 take pride in. It hurts. Hurts like a son of a gun. So with that in mind, with all these hitches on the back of these trucks, these six or seven pictures of these hitches all in a row, <laughs> the caption on this GIF says, Redneck Minefield. <laughs> and I love it. It's true. It is absolutely true unless you know unless you've experienced the pain that i have of forgetting the darn things even back there it hurts like a son of a gun and i'm also a scaredy cat i've towed things before i am so paranoid of towing anything with one of these hitches because don't you just have that vision of your u-haul trailer or whatever you got pulling behind just comes unraveled and goes off and flies out and maybe hits another vehicle but if that doesn't happen it turns over and everything you own in it is destroyed. At least I have those crazy dreams and visions anytime I see anything like that. But yeah, a redneck minefield. Love that. Thanks for sharing on the y'all show. And that's hashtag hullabaloo. Hopefully you enjoyed it here today. We had a good time bringing it to you. We've got a great time coming up after the break. Precious Harris. She's going to be reporting right from Demumbrian in Nashville, Tennessee. 
the Mumbrian and 16th Avenue. That's right where Music Row is. And she's got the Nashville Music Line report coming up. We're going to tell you about all kind of cool stuff, including Precious and I hanging out together next week for the 50th Country Radio Seminar. Plus, we'll talk Grammy Awards with her after the break as the Y'all Show continues on a Wednesday. Thanks for listening. There's never been a better time to switch to Sprint Unlimited and enjoy a great wireless plan at an amazing price. For a limited time, make the switch to Sprint and get your third, fourth, and fifth lines free. That means five lines of Unlimited for just $20 per month per line. That's a savings of more than $1,000 your first year over Verizon and AT&T. Hurry to a Sprint store, visit Sprint.com slash Unlimited, or call 800-SPRINT-1. Make the switch to Sprint today and get your third, fourth, and fifth lines free. That's five lines of Unlimited for just $20 per month per line from Sprint, a network built for Unlimited. This is a limited time offer, so act now. After 131-2020, pay $32 per month per line for five lines of Unlimited Basic with AutoPay. Savings compared to Verizon Go Unlimited and AT&T Unlimited and more for five lines. Features differ. Coverage and offer not available everywhere. Excludes taxes, fees, and roaming. Subject to credit and $30 activation fee. Speed maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply. Seven lonely days and a dozen times ago I reached out one night and you were gone Don't know why you'd run What you're running to or from All I know is I want to bring you home So I'm walking in the rain Thumbing for a ride on this lonely Kentucky back road. We're back on the Y'all Show. Talk with a very country music accent on Wednesdays when we bring on Precious Harris of Nashville Music Line and the author of College of Songology. This is the Y'all Show where we discuss country music, music of all types, and everything else that goes on in this wonderful part of the world. And Precious is joining us from Music Row in Nashville, Tennessee. Hello, Precious. Hello, everybody. Glad to have you back on the y'all show and precious i know you're a big elvis fan the news was released last night and unfortunately one of elvis's closest friends george klein he died on tuesday night in memphis and of course he was a man aged 83 years old that had been in high school with elvis and he was a legendary dj even had a satellite radio show up until i think last year he died after a fight with dementia and such but your thoughts on george klein precious well i always love to hear him talk about the memories that's one of the favorite things that i used to listen to him on i think it was sirius xm on the Elvis channel, mm-hmm. and he would just talk about times that no one else would know but just him and the people that was in that very, very small circus of the Memphis Mafia. Yeah. But uh, I hated to hear that he had, he had passed away because, like I said, um, thank God he's got a lot of recordings and a lot of hours of radio that, that we can sip, sift through later down, the, later down the line that, you know, some of the great memories with Elvis that's forever, you know, forever uh, 
embraced in our memories. And again, George Klein dead at the age of 83. Elvis is, I think he's even been called his best friend. And he certainly was his spokesperson in all these decades after Elvis's passage. I don't know how many times I've seen him on radio interviews, TV interviews. Unfortunately, Lisa Presley, Lisa Marie Presley, and Priscilla, they, they certainly are proud of Elvis, but they don't go give interviews all the time. But it seemed like George Klein, certainly, he was not afraid to talk about his old friend. That's right. He ever, he's always had something wonderful to say about Elvis. Even in a situation when someone would ask a question that would not always show Elvis in the best light. Mm-hmm. He was a very good interviewer. He would always turn it around to make sure that Elvis come out shining right now precious i want to talk to you about grammys and that brings a question and if you don't know the answer that's quite all right but you probably will know this answer did elvis ever win a grammy i don't think he did Uh, that's what i was thinking but i don't i'm 99 percent sure he never won because i uh i always try to read his uh his you know his his wiki page and anything i can read on elvis watch videos at least once a year either at his birthday time or in august but i don't think he was ever um and everybody thinks he used to be on the grand Ole opry a lot i don't think he was ever on the grand Ole opry but maybe one time really uh-huh yeah just to, I, I knew there was something strange about the grammys and elvis now that i think about it but i don't claim to be an elvis expert like you are i don't have a room covered in pink and elvis <laughs> i know there was Someone came in my office today and was like, oh, my God, this is your office? And everybody started. They just busted out laughing. They go, well, it looks just like you. So, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a lot of people like Elvis, even those who aren't exactly the biggest fans of the king of rock and roll. We certainly appreciate his contribution to American history, American music history. And he was one of us, born in Mississippi. And, of course, most of his life spent in the state of Tennessee in the Memphis area, Elvis Presley. All right, let's talk about the 2019 Grammy Awards, Precious. I know you've got some information on that particular event. Yes. Well, the biggest thing is, you know, everybody loves Dolly. And uh, Dolly is going to be getting a star-studded tribute uh, Sunday. Now, she's 73, but listen to the people that are going to be honoring her. So I'm I'm probably, if I can't be able to be in front of the TV when it's happening, I'm probably going to be taping it. But uh, K- uh, Katy Perry and Casey Musgraves and Maren Morris and Little Big Town are going to be on the show. And then they're going to, apparently, they're going to be honoring her along with Linda Perry for her for this special Grammy presentation and all of her, you know, accomplishments across, across her. Dolly's actually going to perform herself too. So I'm pretty excited about seeing that because I've got to see her do the interview with Linda Perry last year at the music cares, uh, seminar or convention there in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course they got that new motion picture soundtrack on Netflix called Dumplin', which is really a, a story of the small town girl, that actually turns to part in Dolly's music for inspiration. And of course, it'll be the first time that Dolly has performed since 2001 on the Grammy stage. So it's, this is quite a big milestone, another milestone in her career. Like she doesn't have enough. Yeah. The Grammys, by the way, are this Sunday. They start at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central from Staples Center in Los Angeles. I don't have the television network for that, but check it out probably on CBS or ABC if I had to guess. Yeah, it's it's. Yeah, I think it's a. I think they've got the same partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that it's going to be this Sunday. I re- I remember saying I want to say that it's CBS for some odd reason. Okay. Well, 
chances are it's on one of those two networks but it's the 61st annual grammy awards from tinseltown and dolly and a lot of country people will be there in that audience although as a country music homer precious i always feel like the national big awards like the grammys always seem to still treat country music as a second class citizens well a lot of people feel that way but you know but i tell you what's so strange is that there are some people that haven't made made the big mainstream radio in Nashville. Mm-hmm. I mean, or in what they call the country genre, but like Margot Price, she's very much a flies under the radar, but has a massive fan base. Uh, and she's nominated for, um, I want to say Roots Country. And then I know that, of course, Luke Combs is nominated, and I know that uh, Chris Stapleton is, and uh, and I know that B.B. Uh, Rexta is nominated. So I'm excited to see uh what's coming up on that with some of the shows they've got so i'm i'm excited and nashville's pretty well represented this year from what i understand precious helped me out i i may have it may have slipped through the cracks but i know the grammys usually rotate between new york and los angeles but wasn't there a time that it was supposed to and maybe it did come to nashville one time the grammy awards i can't remember i've as far as I can remember, just being in the business, working on music world for the last 25 years, it's always been. Okay. Now, Nashville has a chapter, a very, very, you know, right. strong chapter. But I, it seems like that it's usually always been in what they call the mass major market cities. Well, I, I think there was an effort for it to come to Nashville, as it oh, should. Oh, yes, it was. And, yes, and I, now I, was, I was hoping I just missed it. But no, you're confirming, I think, what I was afraid of. It's never come to Music City, USA. What a shame. I know. I wish it would because, I mean... Even if it's just for one year, it'd be very nice to have it, you know? Sure. And, you know, Nashville's getting the NFL draft in April, so at least the sports world recognizes Nashville as a major city. And you would think once every 100 years or so, the Grammys could find a home in the South, specifically in Nashville, with the Grammy Awards. But again, that's this year's Grammy Awards from L.A. this Sunday. Let's talk about some big headliners. They're going to be part of of a big festival the iheart country festival may 4th in austin texas tim mcgraw florida georgia line dan and shay luke combs little big town lauren elena old dominion chris jansen and a couple other people like tenille towns all part of this 2009 iheart country festival may 4th at the frank Irwin center in austin precious what a lineup i know of course you know each um austin is known now as one of the live music capitals of the world so it has moved into that. It has positioned itself over the last ten years with a South a Southwest Festival to bec- to to carry that title. Like we're we're Music City USA and the songwriters capital of the world, but Austin has now become the the live performance capital of the world. So, uh, like I said, they've been gearing toward that for the last ten years since Southwest the South uh, uh, South the Southwest has pulled acts from around the globe to come to austin to play Mm -hmm. and the city just opens up the doors and embraces even the smallest acts to the neon acts right and i will give austin credit they've been doing a long time the whole music thing and hey precious one night not long ago i was flipping through the tv and i saw the great willie nelson on a recent episode of austin city limits and i like willie i'm not going to claim to be his biggest fan but I sat there and watched Willie perform on Austin City Limits for an entire hour. He and his, and his I think, call it Willie and the Family Band or something like that. And, yeah. man, it was just amazing to watch this guy who, of course, has been making hits for probably seven decades now. 
and Willie Nelson, the pride of Abbott, Texas, and now 85 years old, just went, I mean, maybe they edited it, but I don't think they did. This guy goes from song to song and doesn't even take a breath. I know. Well, Willie, you know, I've got to meet Willie one time, and it was at the Robin Auditorium, and it was him and uh, John Fogarty and Billy Burnett, and they were, I think Billy was playing guitar for John or something, and they were there, and I got to meet him, and I think make, I think Con Hunley might have been there, but it was uh, several acts, and it was back in 2000, I think, 2001, something like that, and it was just memorable, and you know, and he is such an iconic person. I was, and I'd never lose my speech. I never cannot talk, but I did. It, it sort of took my breath away. All I could say is hello. That's the only <laughs> word I got out when I met him. But I, I did do some checking, and Elvis, we were right. He never, ever won a Grammy Award, but he did receive the Lifetime Achievement Award in 1971. Okay. Well, so, and that. here's another trivia question What was the first song of willie nelson as a solo artist that at least made it on the charts to some degree and that was 1961's willingly a song with shirley collie and that reached number 10 on the airplay chart back in 1961 if you know anything about willie's solo career he really struggled for about 15 years and it wasn't till the whole outlaws movement hit in the late 1970s that he became really a household name for singing he'd already had success as a songwriter but again if you catch that episode of austin city limits it's it's a fairly new episode it's got willie for the whole hour love it his band is only about five people strong and that includes himself he's got a drummer his sister plays piano he's got a great harmonica player and i think there's one other instrumentation going on but really not jamming out like you would expect the band to have that has so many great songs but that i loved it and i give it my seal of approval whenever willie's back on the road again hey we don't want you to get on the road we're talking with precious harris here on today's y'all show we've got our country music spotlight and a little willie nelson talk too and we're going to come right back after the break and keep talking music with precious but we leave you with a trivia question who is the artist whose single online was certified gold by RIAA on this day in 2010? Going back nine years, who had the hit single online? We've got the answer coming up and much more from Nashville when the Y'all Show returns. In winter, you can practically hear your skin changing. Drying out, flaking, tightening, becoming itchy, irritated, and inflamed. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. With Cortisone 10, winter can just sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. Guys, this Valentine's Day, you can order like a pro with gorgeous roses from Pro Flowers, guaranteed to stay fresh and beautiful for at least seven days. Get her a stunning bouquet of one dozen assorted roses with a free glass face for $24.99 plus shipping and handling. Plus, pick a delivery date and it's guaranteed. You'll be a Valentine's Day pro. Hurry, offer ends soon. The only way to get this incredible deal is to go to proflowers.com, click the blue microphone in the upper right corner, and enter secret code 2000. That's proflowers.com, code 2000.
five foot three and overweight. I'm a sci-fi fanatic, mild asthmatic, never been to second base. Oh, what a great song! Back to 2010 for that one from a great artist, and that song online. And it was certified gold by RIAA on this day in 2010. And this is the Y'all Show with John Raw with Precious Harris, who gives us the scoop from Music Row Nashville, Tennessee, here in our final segment of this Wednesday Y'all Show. Precious, who the heck's singing that song online? One of the most funniest people in country music, Brad Paisley. Oh, he must be from Kentucky. Yes, he is. He's Actually, not. Whole... <laughs> He's from West Virginia. I know it's from West Virginia. I'm just messing with you. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't mind claiming him since Kentucky and West Virginia cross uh, lines very closely there on the on the eastern side of Kentucky. Uh, but, you know, his co-writer, Chris Duball and Kelly Lovelace. Now, Kelly has written other big hits with Brad. But, of course, Chris's latest number one was for uh, Buy Me a Boat with uh, – uh, and I just went completely blank. Well, that's all right. That's uh, what – Chris. You- Chris Jansen, because I had Chris, Chris, yeah. Chris Duball and Chris Jansen. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I know Chris since I first moved to town in 1990. So, uh, no, is Chris Dubois kin to Tim Dubois at all? Yes, that's his son. Ah, small world. <laughs> yes, and also in the music video, I was going to tell you for Brad Paisley online, it includes uh, Taylor Swift and Kelly Pickford as Paisley's backup dancers. You uh. know, and of course... They were also on tour opening that, playing the prankster stuff with him when that was filmed. Uh, and, of course, uh, Carrie Underwood was one of the backup singers because, you know, their other families are very close on the recording. But, you know, but leave it to Brad to always be ahead of the game and come out with something like that. But if you – I haven't heard it in a while, but I just remember just laughing at how cleverly he had written it mm-hmm. when he when it came out on the radio. But that's Brad. And by the way, I gave out the name Tim Dubois. Tim Dubois, a very successful guy in the music business, going back to the 1970s when he kind of got his start. He actually was a CPA prior to going into the music production business and just had a bunch of success. And some of his art- artists that he worked with included Restless Heart and, let's see, David Allen Coe, Brooks and Dunn. Yeah, he produced Brooks and Dunn's yeah. first album. Maybe he Alan Jackson. together. Didn't he? Yeah, he signed Alan Jackson. Uh, That's when I was interning up down the hall there. He signed Alan Jackson, Brooks and Dunn, Leroy Parnell, Michelle Wright, Pam Tillis to Arista Records in the early days. Uh, Don't don't leave out my Carolina boy Rob Crosby. Yes, Rob Crosby, the first artist on Arista Records. Actually, you know what? I think I still have his first press kit with original picture of Rob. Actually, of. I remember seeing him in the hallway, but you know, Rob was more of a singer songwriter, but he was a really good singer songwriter, which yeah. led to that. But I was going to tell you also that um, Tim also wrote a big hit song for Alabama. One of their big million seller hits called love in the first degree. Oh. So he was, he's crossed, you know, label president, hit songwriter, not award-winning songwriter producer now i think he's managing some acts out of texas Uh, in the texas music scene so he's still full steam ahead yep well again he got his start as a cpa so all you cpas listening to us who have a little something in the back of your head saying you know i should be in the music business well let the name tim dubois be an inspiration for you here on the y'all show but what a great job there with that uh, song brad paisley had out 
online and we're glad to have that as part of our trivia here on this wednesday y'all show all right precious let me go to a modern hit maker and i i don't know how to pronounce this name appropriately so if i'm wrong on this correct me but is it tenille arts yes tenille arts uh, tenille yes. arts and tenille arts has a new single called i hate this on reviver records give me an idea who the heck tenille arts is well she's been uh she's pretty well known you know the national music circle but uh we were invited an invitation only to her show last couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. and you know and you're always seeing people perform and it was packed house everybody and their mother was there and she took the stage and because uh, she has a song that actually helped kickstart her from on the charts where she was climbing up slowly to actually to the number one position on the number one uh, rated show the bachelor uh-huh. and uh but she got on stage as soon as she started singing her band everybody was just in awe she took the stage and she controlled it for her for her performance that night and it made me i mean i see a lot of people sing i see a lot of people perform but she really made me take a double look that night and i was very very proud because uh, I had a couple of guests with me from out of town and from Louisiana that was artists and songwriters. I said, now watch. After the first song, I said, this girl knows how to work a stage. Take some hints and watch it because she knows exactly what she's doing. And, of course, she also, I mean, that night, I think she had like over 200,000 views on her video uh, from that. So she's, you know, she's doing really, really good. And she's a very, very nice. Sometimes artists you know, come across has got that artist uh, outlook, and but she doesn't. She's very just down to earth, very sweet. So I'm very proud of her that she's being able to get uh, what she deserves lately, especially and, with being number one on the radio Disney country spot. Okay, well, Tennille Arts, she is what I call a Northern Yankee. <laughs> Do you know what that means? She is. Yes. She is from Canada, which is a little bit north of being from Yankee land. So, yes, it is. <laughs> so I don't know what this is all about, but yeah, she's very talented and, and, and not uh, bad for the eyes either. And her album is called I Hate This, but surely she loves being in music. Oh, yeah, totally. When you do the first 30 seconds, you're going to know how much she loves it. She's very inspirational when you interview her. That's for sure. Well, she'll hopefully be at Country Radio Seminar. That will be going on next week, Precious. And we've got some breaking news here on the Y'all Show. We're going to be at the Country Radio Seminar in Nashville next week, and you'll be there. So hopefully, if uh, if we can just get a lucky enough, Precious, we're going to get you on the Y'all Show. We'll be sitting down with maybe some artists, if we can commandeer them over to talk to us, and we'll just have a great time. I'm excited. Now, this week, uh, of course, Cole Swindell is celebrating another number one. I want to say it's his seventh or eighth Mm -hmm. uh, because I looked at him, and it doesn't match up on what my research I did, but I remember Espo, which is short for uh, John Esposito, who's the president of his label, talking about his last number one, Uh, uh, but it was called Break Up in the End, and he's celebrating this week uh, for that, and I know that he's, you know, he's, everything he's released but i think one has went to number one so you know he's uh one of the golden boys that warner brothers has they have a lot of them including chesney and shelton but uh he's you know slowly making his wave in country music at a very very young you know he's not been around but less than eight or nine years so i'm very happy to see him doing so good and of course the writers uh chase mcgill jesse joe Dillon, and john knight 
So even though he has written some of the songs, it's had number ones, he always says the best song wins no matter who wrote it. So mm. that's a good a good uh, advice to give out to all new up-and-coming singers and songwriters who think that uh, they got to have you know their name on their song. If, it, if it's a massive hit song and it's going to work, yes. But just remember in Nashville, it's all about the song. Mm -hmm. a little piece of advice the best song wins if you're trying to compete with the radio and the up-and-comers of today it's all about the song but looks help too and connections help too but yeah you still it's kind of all does start with the song the other things do aid in that effort precious there must have been something in the water back in the early 1960s because i would say three of the four country music male artists of the 1990s if you put them up on mount rushmore the mount rushmore of 1990s country music male artists three of these guys all have birthdays this week clint black garth brooks both born this week in 1962 and then Tra- <laughs> travis tritt was born in 1963 so not bad i guess alan jackson might be the maybe the fourth guy that goes up there for the 90s guys that kind of came really made their mark in the 90s. I know George Strait certainly made plenty of great songs in the 90s, but he kind of was more of an 80s debut. But, yeah, what a what a odd coincidence here this week. All these guys have big birthdays. And they're my age. Oh. They're all my age. I'm a 1962 baby, too. Oh, well, I, I want to hear you sing sometime. Maybe you could have <laughs> done better than Clint Black, Garth Brooks, and Travis Tritt if given the chance. I don't know. I'm t- I remember meeting them at my first country radio seminar was in 1990. And I met Clint and Sarah uh, and Garth. Well, Sarah was actually singing demos when I met her a year later. Well, I was going to mention Sarah Evans also has a birthday this week, but she's not on the Mount Rushmore of male country artists. But she's got a birthday this week. Yeah, she's got a birthday. And, uh, and of course, I met Travis Tritt early on. And uh, I remember going to CRS, and it was George Strait and – and it was Reba McIntyre. And, of course, Tim DeWall was heading Ariston, and he was trying to break out. You know, Alan is the new artist of the year. And I remember him going to the number one, going to the CMA after party. They were just, Arista Records just written out a little first floor building over there on Music Row. And up rode a limo with Restless Heart, and they got out. And then Alan was already sitting there in the tent. And I went over to him, and I had seen his first single, which nobody remembers, called Blue Blooded Woman, Redneck Man. And uh, But his big song that actually got him on the charts and got him noticed was Here in the Real World. But I remember meeting him that night. And then the next year, I mean, I knew he was going to be big. And then the next year, he was nominated for Horizon when they had Horizon of the Year Award. He actually won it that next year. And Brooks and Dunn got Best New Duo with the next year. So Arista was rocking and rolling in 1991. Yes, Uh, they were. They really were. All right, Precious. Well, we have run out of time with you. We want to remind everybody that Precious's great book about the music biz is College of Songology. You can go to the website, collegeofsongology.com, and just learn so much more about the country music business. And hey, if you're involved in country radio or you just love country music, come next week to, I think it's the Omni Hotel in Nashville. Is that where the radio seminar is? Yes, and you can go online and register right now for it, too. It's the world's largest country music dj convention yep and this will be it's 50 years yeah 50 years this year i my first one that i attended was in 1993 had a ball and i'm hoping to have a great time as we broadcast the y'all show from country radio seminar 2019 the 50th crs 
and we got a lot of artists that are going to be stopping by to do interviews so if you want to hear all kind of great interviews about country music and other music acts make sure you listen all next week when we are in nashville at the radio seminar precious thank you very much madame you're very welcome everyone have a blessed day out there and uh going to have some great weather in the south the next couple of days so let's enjoy it while we can before it hits we're going from 72 to 22 by saturday <laughs> only in the south precious only in harris the south. all right three seasons three days yep. bye everybody bye. all right well that will wrap up today's y'all show thank you to precious we'll be right back here thursday for the y'all show we will look back at national signing day we've got an informational report from murray lee he is our sports scribe here at crm sports and the y'all show and and he's going to give us the SEC angle of all the new signees that went down on Wednesday and put their name on the dotted line for SEC schools. We'll have all that plus much, much more. That's all on Thursday, y'all. Have a great rest of your day. You've been listening to the Y'all Show with John Rawl. Talk with us, Southern Accent.